calling all aspiring podcasters. This is your sign to start your own podcast because we have just the right tool for you. Before we started podcasting, we really thought that everything would be such a hassle, especially the editing. But we found the best and most convenient all-around podcast tool out there, Podmachine. Podmachine will take care of all your podcasting needs. From audio production, designs, and marketing growth, all you have to do is sit back, relax, and keep creating great content that sounds professional. It's time for you to start sounding like a pro with Podmachine today. Sign up and get a free episode trial. And once you're convinced of how good it can be and how it helped us, you can start for as low as only $49.99 for four episodes in a month. But wait, there's more. If you use our code PHMURDER, all caps, no spaces, you get one free episode credit upon subscribing. Just head on to podmachine.com and let them do the dirty work so you can do the fun stuff and sound like a pro. Podcast Network Asia. This episode may include topics, references, or discussions around sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, or subject matters that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. We do acknowledge that this content may be difficult. We also encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. Shocking, sad, revealing, and deeply researched, PH Murder Stories podcast covers the true account of infamous killings and true crime stories from the Philippines. There's no such thing as questions, just hidden answers. Stay tuned as we revisit the inconceivable crimes that exist. Some listeners may find the following content of PH Murder Stories highly disturbing due to its graphic nature. PH Murder Stories does not condone nor promote violence of all sorts. Viewer discretion is advised. Before we proceed with our Valentine's episode, we would like to inform you guys that we've collaborated with Campmaster Earl, the host of the Philippine Campfire Stories podcast, in a crossover episode regarding the saddening disappearance of Maya Milietti. Make sure to check out this episode titled Love, Hate, and Magic, available on all podcast platforms to find out the extraordinary measures that the victim's husband had gone through involving witchcraft and spellcasters prior to her disappearance. Let go. 
and it's this is not this is still not the end we're still have a long way to go we're still asking the public please help us bring my sister home they were at home uh, when this incident occurred we we have information that they had been um, that there had been property damage in the home and the defendant had been angry on prior occasions and there were had been uh, manipulation tactics by the defendant to uh, control and manipulate May and I think it is reasonable to believe that he would transfer those to his children as well. High school sweethearts are couples that tend to be the strongest and happiest partners. Unfortunately for Maya Milieta's case, her long-lasting relationship with her husband had become toxic up to a point where she became missing up to this date. Maya was last seen by her family at around 5 p.m. on January 7, 2021 at her residence on Paseo Los Gatos in Chula Vista, San Diego, California. Based on numerous statements from close relatives and friends, both May and Larry were having relationship problems that would have resulted in a divorce and possibly the reason why Maya became missing. Days before her disappearance, Maya's sister, Maricris, told investigators that May and Larry were in a heated argument over a Jeep Wrangler they brought with them on a family camping trip to the Glamis Sand Dunes in California. During that trip, a relative claimed that Maya told her, quote, If anything happened to me, it would be Larry. Unquote. On the day of her disappearance, Maya was said to have filled out a form to schedule an appointment with a divorce attorney. Various reports also suggest that her husband was the last person to have seen her before she went missing. Maya's insistence on divorcing Larry could have possibly been the final straw for him to prevent her from divorcing him and make her disappear for good. Maya Mangaliman Talabanza Milieta, also known as May, was born on Labor Day 1981 in the province of Ilocos Sur, Philippines. She grew up in a humble household with her parents and five siblings. While growing up, Maya excelled in academics throughout her elementary years and graduated top five of her class. In 1995, her family immigrated to Honolulu, Hawaii. Maya began attending Radford High School, where she participated in many school clubs such as dance and theater and various academic organizations. At 17 years old, she worked at a McDonald's branch located in Pearl Harbor, where she met her high school sweetheart and eventual husband, Larry Milietti. Larry had a violent incident when he was 15 years old. On April 30, 1997, some reports indicated that Larry was arrested in a gang-related stabbing incident. The victim was a 17-year-old boy who suffered multiple stab wounds. He was rushed to a nearby hospital 
and eventually recovered from the violent attacks inflicted by Larry. Subsequently, Larry moved to Hawaii, where his father is a United States Navy retiree and a 20-year veteran. After their high school graduation, both Larry and Maya decided to get married at the age of 19 years old. Even though they tied the knot at a young age, Maya vowed not to have children until she was certain she'd be able to provide for them. Both high school sweethearts had dreams and aspirations. Larry enlisted for the United States Navy in Honolulu, while Maya attended the University of Hawaii in Manoa. However, in 2001, the couple moved to Southern California to continue their life together. Larry was assigned to the Naval Medical Center in San Diego, where he carried out routine optician duties with no combat service. On the other hand, Maya continued her education at the University of California, San Diego, where she majored and graduated with honors in international studies. She went on to work as a civilian contract specialist at the 32nd Street Naval Station in San Diego. Maya dedicated her life to working as a civilian government employee, while Larry served the U.S. Navy with no disciplinary actions from 2000 to 2005. In 2010, Maya gave birth to her first child, Lara May. A year later, they had their second child, Melani, And five years later, they had their third child, an only boy, Tristan Lazarus. Despite her busy schedule, juggling work and family, Maya took up many hobbies involving nature and being outside. She loves hiking, dirt biking, traveling, and camping with her family. Maya also had a passion for music. She taught herself how to play guitar and piano, and even created a YouTube channel filled with videos of her singing covers and original songs. According to Maya's loved ones, aside from having a good and charitable heart, she loved her kids so much, and she's been adamant about giving them the best life she could provide. Maya taught her children to become generous and have set a good example of showing the value of helping others. When Maya and her children visited the Philippines, they donated goodies and school supplies to underprivileged kids from rural communities. Maya and Larry seem to have everything figured out on their end. They raised three adorable children in a safe neighborhood in Shula Vista. Both had successful and stable careers, and their family had a strong support system consisting of their friends and relatives. Now, the main question is, how could their fruitful relationship end up becoming so toxic to the point that it ended up evolving into one of the most controversial disappearances in San Diego? What seemed to be the problem to a somewhat perfect family, could this be another crime of passion? Based on our initial research, Larry's actions during his wife's disappearance seem sketchy to begin with. First, he did not report to the police that his wife had disappeared, and it was Maricris, Maya's sister, who reported her missing two days after she was last seen. Second, as mentioned before, both Maya and Larry were seen having a heated argument on a family camping trip 
days before she went missing on January 7. In addition, Maya and Larry had a scheduled trip on January 9 to Big Bear Lake, San Bernardino County in California to celebrate their eldest child's 11th birthday. This raises another question. Why would Maya, who was known to be a loving and caring mother to her children, suddenly decide to disappear on her own, despite the planned birthday celebration of her eldest daughter? It surely seemed odd and not something Maya would do, based on what her friends and relatives describe of her. With this, it only means that Maya's disappearance can be pointed towards the last person she saw. Larry, her husband. Hi, ako si Earl, ang inyong Camp Master sa Philippine Campfire Stories Podcast. This podcast is about stories of myths, legends, and true horror stories from the Philippines narrated in Tagalog, powered by Podcast Network Asia. Listen to Philippine Campfire Stories available in all major podcast platforms. As mentioned before, it wasn't Larry who reported to the police on January 9 that his wife went missing. It was Maya's sister, Marie Chris. Maya was discovered missing from her home Saturday morning, January 9, and her last known communication was on Thursday, January 7, 2021, at 7.52 p.m. via group chat. In addition, both of her vehicles have been at her home since she's been missing, and her phone is turned off and has not been located. A day after the police report, authorities from the Chula Vista Police Department arrived at Maya's home at around 1 a.m. to investigate the report of Maya's disappearance. At this point, investigators learned that Maya had vanished three days prior. Meanwhile, family and friends said Maya's car was still at her home, but phone calls went straight to her voicemail after her disappearance, which they deemed very unlikely of her. For the next two weeks, Maya's family, the community, and the police searched for her. They also created a Facebook page, Find Maya slash Mei to spread awareness in hopes of finding her. Marikris also established a GoFundMe page for her sister, which has raised over $50,658 from 1,400 donors as of writing. Multiple search events have been conducted by friends, family, and the community as well as the establishment of billboards and the distribution of flyers and posters indicating Maya's characteristics. On January 23, investigators had served a search warrant at Maya's home. Searchers were looking to obtain any evidence and clues to her current whereabouts. Two weeks later, the Chula Vista Police Department and Maya's family held a media briefing on February 5 and made emotional pleas to the public to keep the search going and help bring Maya home. Marie Chris spoke about the family's mission to find Maya. She said during the media briefing, quote, I'm pleading, anyone out there please, anybody, somewhere, 
someone might know my sister's whereabouts. Please bring her home. Her kids, they need their mom. Please help us find my sister, anyone out there. If you have any information at all, please help me. Help us find my sister. And from the bottom of our hearts, please, we thank you. We thank you. And we thank you. Unquote. Initially, the Chula Vista Police Department had commended Maya's family for being cooperative in the search. However, during the course of the investigation, Maya's husband, Larry, had retained a lawyer and was no longer cooperating with the search for his missing wife. Consequently, Maricris told reporters that her brother-in-law had been distancing himself from his wife's side of the family. At first, the authorities have never named Larry as a suspect in his wife's disappearance. However, Maricris claimed that Larry was the last person Maya saw. She also told the authorities that both Maya and Larry had been having marital issues, but nothing more than the ups and downs experienced by most couples in the following days of the investigation. She said, quote, They break up, or you know, they have arguments, and they try to reconcile for the sake of the kids. Unquote. In an interview with NBC7, Maricris and her husband, Richard Druawile, gave the viewers a background to Maya and Larry's marriage problems. According to Maricris and Richard, the last time they saw Maya was on their camping trip on January 3, 2021, at Glamis Dunes Imperial Valley. Based on their first-hand knowledge about the couple, Maricris expressed her dismay to see her sister and brother-in-law have a heated argument, especially when Maya and Larry had been having marital problems for the last year. Furthermore, Maricris said, quote, They tried to work it out. They did have, you know, marriage counseling. And we did try to kind of help them out to work out their relationship. But it's been on and off, on and off. Unquote. Maya's relatives felt uncomfortable about the Milete couple situation, but they were hopeful that both husband and wife would be able to work it out. Meanwhile, the Chula Vista Police Department exerted all their efforts looking into Maya's whereabouts. They even conducted a search operation at Glamis Dunes, the last place Maricris saw her sister. On February 28th, Maya's family and friends held two search parties in different parts of San Diego County, Dehesa and Elfin Forest Recreational Reserve. In Dehesa, the group stumbled across bones, but the San Diego Sheriff's Department confirmed that they were animal bones. Family, friends, and even volunteers who do not personally know Maya said they were determined to continue searching for the missing mother of three even if the days continue to pass without answers. Days, weeks, and months have passed. The authorities continued searching for Maya Miliere, and on April 21, more than three months since Maya disappeared, the Chula Vista Police Department gave a briefing on their current investigation. According to Lieutenant Dan Peake, the authorities have interviewed 55 of Maya's family members, friends, neighbors, and witnesses. They also issued 16 search warrants, including Maya's home, cars, cell phones, electronic devices, call detail records, financial records, social media, 
and cloud data. Based on the Chula Vista Police Department's findings, there were several bangs recorded on a video security system near the Milliete residence during the night of Maya's believed disappearance. The update read, quote, These bangs are being reviewed and analyzed by investigators in the hope of determining if they were gunshots, unquote. It is also important to note that the Chula Vista Police Department did not receive any report of gunshots during the night in question, and investigators discovered these bangs early on in the investigation. As Maya's 40th birthday approached on the first day of May, almost four months after Maya went missing, her family expressed that they were hurting more than ever and that they were losing hope in seeing Maya alive ever again. Marie-Chris said Maya had dreamed of spending her birthday with her family at the Grand Canyon. Instead, her family spent the day at Fiesta Island and prayed for her safe return. Maya's family grew frustrated with the investigation. According to Richard, Maya's brother-in-law, Quote, I feel like it should have been a homicide a long time ago. This whole, her getting up and leaving her kids, would never happen. It's just so obvious what's going on. And unfortunately, it's too bad that they don't see it that way. Unquote. Meanwhile, Larry maintains he had nothing to do with his wife's disappearance. While the authorities at this point classify him as a witness and not as a suspect. On the other hand, Marie-Chris conveyed that her brother-in-law does not have anything to do with her sister's disappearance. Unfortunately, Larry's actions throughout the investigation imply otherwise. Revelations about Larry's alleged involvement would be uncovered with the help of former U.S. Navy investigator and defense attorney, Billy Little, who has been working independently to find Maya. On January 11, 2021, Larry let Little go inside their residence. Little noticed a hole in the bedroom and discovered the freezer was missing from the garage, which the lawyer later found in one of his relatives. He later accused Little of falsely presenting himself as a naval criminal investigative service agent to gain access to his home, which Little denied. Next, witnesses came forward to Fox News and said that Larry was accusing his wife of having a third party. According to the anonymous tip, Larry frequently discussed paying someone $20,000 to kill his missing wife's alleged boyfriend, and seemed fixated about executing that idea. Furthermore, the witnesses claimed that Larry allegedly started concocting the plan last summer when he first suspected his wife was seeing someone else, but mentioned it as recently as January 4, just a few days before Maya went missing. In addition, one of Maya's family members said 
Larry made threatening comments about the alleged boyfriend last summer, saying, quote, I want to do something to that fool. Unquote. As for Maya's relatives, they claimed that Larry sent them bizarre texts throughout 2020. In September of the same year, he sent a picture showing an altar with a couple covered in blood splatter and surrounded by candles. At this point, Larry began to distance himself from the investigation and Maya's family. He also retained an attorney. On the other hand, investigators also uncovered that Larry sent hundreds of text messages to friends and family complaining about his wife, whom he accused of having an affair. Despite having no evidence of the affair, he asked his wife's supervisor to move her male co-workers. He also sent to someone via a text message the Bible verses from Proverbs chapter 5, verse 3 to 13, which contained the phrases, The lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her feet go down to death, her steps heard straight to the grave. The authorities also discovered many incriminating emails, including Larry's requests to spellcasters to cast a spell on his wife. The Philippine Campfire Stories already featured this part of the story. Make sure to join their campsite to learn more about Larry's exchanges with the spellcasters. For the second time during the investigation of Maya's disappearance, the Chula Vista Police issued a search warrant for the Maliete residence, though Larry was not home at the time. Officers arrived at the home at around 4.30 p.m. on May 7 and were still on the property after 11 p.m. Authorities were seen loading things into the back of a van parked in the driveway while others led canines around the property. Chula Vista police spent seven hours inside the home of Larry and Maya Miliete last week when they served a second search warrant on the home, seizing what appeared to be long guns and boxes of ammunition. Inside the garage, you can see Maya's black Jeep on the left and the husband's black Toyota truck on the right. According to reports, Larry owns 22 firearms, including three shotguns, five handguns, and seven AR-15s. Only eight of the firearms are legally registered to him. This development led the authorities to serve Larry with a gun violence restraining order, requiring him to surrender assault rifles, handguns, and ammunition in his possession. Months later, after uncovering evidence and witness testimonies, the Chula Vista Police Department announced on October 19, 2021, that the San Diego District Attorney's Office had charged Larry Meliete for the murder of his wife, Maya. California law allows prosecutors to file murder charges even if a body is not found, as long as there is circumstantial evidence that there was foul play 
and that it was murder. According to Summer Stefan, the district attorney assigned to the case, quote, Sometimes, missing persons cases remain unsolved, but as the evidence unfolded in this case, meticulously and carefully, block by block, it pointed in one direction. Maya was murdered. And the only thing we can do in the face of this senseless violence is to bring justice. Unquote. Two days later, Larry pleaded not guilty at his first court appearance in the case. In addition, a criminal protective order was issued preventing Larry from contacting his three children. Deputy District Attorney Christy Bowles told the court that since his arrest, Larry had made 129 phone calls to his parents' home where his children were living. Some of those phone calls were just with his kids, and some calls were just with his parents. At least nine hours of calls, which were recorded, took place with his children. Larry mentioned his wife's family in the calls, asked their 11-year-old daughter to read news headlines to him, and told two of their children to watch an R-rated film called Shock Caller to understand the environment he is in. The film is about a well-to-do family man who is jailed for killing and becomes a hardened prisoner after a plea deal. The district attorney's office told the court that the children were traumatized and the order filed was issued to prevent them from incurring any additional emotional harm. We couldn't imagine how Maya's children are feeling right now, knowing that they haven't seen their mother for a long time. Based on the updates, a judge deferred a decision on a petition filed by Maricris for guardianship of Maya and Larry's three children, while the latter is still behind bars. Maricris sought temporary custody of Maya's three children in a court petition and planned to request permanent custody at the soonest possible time. However, the judge ruled that the children would remain under the care of Larry's parents, but granted visitation rights to Maya's relatives, as the petition that Maricris filed stated that the maternal relatives had only one telephonic meeting with the kids, which their father supervised since Maya went missing. The judge also ordered Larry Miliade's parents to find mental health care providers for the children. It has been a year and a month since Maya Milleri went missing. In the days, weeks, and months that followed, her family and members of the community searched for her tirelessly. Maricris and her husband, Richard, have been leading the search operations, and so far, Maya's whereabouts have yet to be found. Since the arrest of Larry Milleri, 67 search warrants had been served, 87 interviews conducted, and 130 tips reviewed, with thousands of hours poured into the investigation. According to Chula Vista Police Chief Roxana Kennedy, quote, These efforts ultimately generated various pieces of evidence that have become clear and overwhelming. Larry Miliere is responsible for May's murder 
and disappearance. Unquote. So far, the scheduled December 2021 hearing in the Maya Miglietti murder case was postponed and rescheduled to February 2022. There is also some concern that the trials could be delayed further due to the rise in COVID-19 cases. In the meantime, we will be posting updates from this case moving forward through our social media accounts. What do you think happened to Maya Mulieri? Let us know in the comment section on our Instagram and Facebook posts regarding this episode. The search for Maya Mulieri is still ongoing. If you're interested in supporting their efforts, you can visit their GoFundMe page and their official website for more details. Links are included in the description. If you reached this point of the episode, thank you for listening. May you have a lovely Valentine's Day with your friends, family, and loved ones. This episode is in collaboration with the Philippine Campfire Stories podcast, hosted by Camp Master Earl. Make sure to visit his campsite to learn more about Larry Melietes' extraordinary actions before the sudden disappearance of his wife. Also, Don't forget to follow both our podcasts on Spotify and give us a rating. For further updates, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PHMurderStories and subscribe to our YouTube channel, PH Murder Stories. If you have case suggestions, please go to our website at phmurderstories.com and fill out the request form at File Your Blotter. Did you like this episode? Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or if you're listening on other platforms, Kindly send us a review on our Facebook page or send us a tweet. You can also share our podcast to your Instagram and Facebook stories through Spotify. We're also inviting you to join our Facebook group, PH Murder Stories The Verdict, and participate in our discourse about true crime, both local and international. This group is a safe space for true crime and mystery fans like us who want to engage in thorough discussions about the subject. To all our listeners, We hope you could support us on Patreon. If you're fond of online shopping, you can also help our team earn a small commission by clicking our Lazada and Shopee affiliate links found in the description. Any amount you contribute will enormously help support our team to produce more quality content. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.